It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned in to quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, a national award-winning program geared to keep you informed in a very objective, neutral manner. I'm Shana Thornton, on-air host and executive producer. I'm elated with joy that you've joined us for this episode where you will be informed and inspired. So certainly stay with us. Hey, if you're ever interested in reaching out to us, you can simply shoot us a quick email at ltaradio at gmail.com. Again, that's ltaradio at gmail.com. Reach out to us out there on all of the social media outlets. You can simply find us by searching at LTA Radio. Again, that's at LTA Radio. Well, we'll be back on soon or in a few seconds with a world-renowned pharmacist helping us out, telling us when exactly we need to see the provider for our sick or ill children. And this is relevant for everyone, regardless of your grandmother, an aunt, or an actual parent. Information is key. We have a brief message from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back on. Sherry Tokos is our special guest for this episode. Again, she's a world-renowned pharmacist here to get you informed. Thanks for tuning in to LTA Radio. Check us out anytime at ltaradio.com. Glamour Girl Fitness wants you to stop making excuses for fitness and get fit Glamour Girl style. Now supersede the word fitness with fun and incorporate the whole family. That's what Glamour Girl Fitness does with the Mommy and Me program. We take a time out for fitness. Find out more now by visiting www.getfitglamourgirlstyle.com. Again, that's www.getfitglamourgirlstyle.com. Start the conversation today because you matter. Thank you. Listeners of Let's Talk America Radio, of course, here we put the spotlight on the topics that matter to you. And, of course, your health matters. And we've got an interesting topic today with a visitor who has been with us before, always offering great information. I'm talking about could waiting in a germ-infested waiting room cause more harm than good? Okay, it's a question I've had so, so many times. Perhaps you're taking the kid in and you're like, well, should I sit in the sick room? Do you really have an option? When should you call the medical provider or the pharmacist? These are all great questions, and I know many of you have had those same questions. I am no expert, but I'm so excited right now to have the one and only Sherry Turquoise back on with us. Of course, she is a pharmacist, Arthur, and also a certified fitness instructor and a huge health enthusiast who knows a lot about all this and more. Sherry, welcome back to Let's Talk America Radio. Hi there, Shana. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Now, we've got to go right to it. You know we're coming up into uh, the fall and winter seasons. Of course, all the germs, the cold, influenza, pneumonia, things to lurk a lot of times, especially for our younger patients, our children. And, of course, moms and dads, if you're a new parent or a veteran at it, you always have that concern. Uh, I want to go here. If you're that novice parent, though, uh, we often question calling the doctor or should we just go straight to the pharmacist. What's your advice? Yeah, it is um, a little scary when your child is sick. And, and even for myself as a pharmacist, when I was a, a new mom, I remember the first time my son got a fever. And it, it makes you, you know, a little concerned, especially if it's a higher fever. And so we're going to go through a couple areas today. And we're going to talk about things that you can do at home to address some common health issues, such as fever, diarrhea, and coughs and colds, and rash. Because sometimes it, you're better off just to manage that at home rather than taking your child to the waiting room in the doctor's office where they could encounter more germs, more viruses, and be exposed to other things that could make them sicker. So, so let's start with, with fever because I think this is something that happens this time of year, kids are getting colds and flu, and um, so this is when we often will see uh, that they get a bit of a temperature. And keep in mind that when a child, or anybody for that matter, has a fever, often it's a sign that the body is fighting infection. That's the natural way a body will fight back, raise your core temperature to help kill that virus. So when, when a child, though, does get a fever or you find that they're, they're a little bit warm to the touch, you want to make sure you take their temperature. You want to see your doctor if the child has a fever above 104 degrees or if it's lasting longer than a couple of days or if the, the fever is accompanied by neck pain, ear pain, vomiting, diarrhea, seizures. Those are more serious signs. But for just a mild elevated temperature, put some cool compresses on the child's forehead Keep them um, dressed in, in uh, layers. You don't want them under a lot of heavy blankets. And you also don't want to just have a child laying there without anything on them because they, they could get a bit of a chill. And I resist see. the urge to put them in the cool bath because that can actually cause a rebound reaction and their temperature can go up. So if the child is really uncomfortable and you find you're concerned that the fever is getting a little bit high, you could give them a little acetaminophen or ibuprofen, but you never want to give a child aspirin because of the risk of RISE syndrome that, that comes with giving aspirin to children. And that's so important because I know uh, when I think of me being an 80s kid, aspirin obviously has much more usage out of it does today. And not saying aspirin does not help for other patient populations, but you're for saying for children in fevers, that's automatically a no-no. So if great aunt or grandmother is advising that, you're saying no. That's right. Aspirin, there is that risk of, of rise syndrome, which can be problematic with children. So definitely do not give aspirin to children. So you want to go with either acetaminophen, which is also Tylenol, or ibuprofen, which is Advil or Motrin. Those would be safer choices. And check with your pharmacist, too, because those products are dosed based on a child's age and weight. So you want to make sure you're giving the right dose. And I know you would agree if there's any concern, if the fever, we're thinking we have it under concern, but something just maybe doesn't feel right, don't be hesitant to call a medical provider, right? Because I think sometimes we're like, we don't want to seem over-obsessive, but it's better safe than sorry. That's right. If you're in doubt, then take your child to the nearest 
medical clinic, call your pediatrician. Uh, in some areas, there's hotlines where you can call to get medical advice. So if you're in doubt then, and you want to put your mind at ease and make sure, then you can always make that call. And, and same with the, and another common condition that, that children get this time of year, which is concerning and also unpleasant for both the children and the parents, and that's when a child gets a tummy bug or they get diarrhea. And like fever, diarrhea, vomiting also, it's a sign that the body is fighting a bug, and that's what the body naturally does. It will fight off these bugs by trying to flush them out of the system. So diarrhea is your body's way often of getting, trying to get rid of a foreign invader. So when you have a child that, has, um, that is vomiting, you, you don't want to give them, like push them to eat or drink at that moment. You want to give okay. them a time for their tummy to settle. The key thing is to make sure they don't get dehydrated. So give your child an oral electrolyte solution, something such as Pedialyte or the equivalent store brand, because that will provide them with the sugar, the salt, or sodium, the water, needed to prevent dehydration. You don't want to give sugary drinks like ginger ale, even though that's what we were offered when we were kids. Ginger ale today doesn't really have much ginger in it, so you're better off just to get the rehydration solution. And once the vomiting is stopped, you can give your, your child lots of these fluids again and then a bland diet such as crackers, bananas, toast, things like that. But when it comes to diarrhea... Okay, and, and let me ask you this. I know when the vomiting uh, comes on, it, sometimes the parents are like, oh, they just did a little spit up. That's what they'll describe to friends or to the school. You know, but how important is it for that child also to stay isolated um, and not go out and about among other people while they're dealing with that? Oh, I think that's very important because if your child is vomiting or has diarrhea, it's, there's a very good likelihood that the child has some type of infection, and there are a lot of different infections that can cause diarrhea and vomiting in children, viruses in particular, such as rotavirus, norovirus, they can cause diarrhea, vomiting. It could be also just something your child ate that doesn't agree with them or an allergy, but just to be safe, I would keep the child at home. It's also a lot easier to manage it at home versus sending them to school, and then if they throw up at school or they have diarrhea, then it's, it's a very difficult situation for the, the, uh, for the uh, teacher, excuse me, to try and have to deal with. So I would say keep the child home. And, you know, when we're looking at just diarrhea, for example, this is very common for, for um, school-age children. They tend to get about 15 episodes before they turn five years old. So very, very common issue, and I know it's concerning as well. But just like with vomiting, diarrhea is the body's way of trying to get rid of a, uh, a potential foreign invader. So what you want to do is encourage your child to have lots of fluids so they don't get dehydrated. Again, Pedialyte is a good choice. But there are also products that you can give that are safe for children. There's actually a lot of the -the over-the-counter drugs and uh, remedies that you'll see in the pharmacy are not recommended for young children. But there is a remedy that you can find in the pharmacy. It's called Dia Rescue. And Dia Rescue, I've actually done some consulting work with Pantherix, the company that makes this particular product. And uh, it's been clinically studied and shown to offer benefits for relieving pediatric diarrhea in, in as fast as a day. So that's you know, can be very important when you're trying to tackle this particular problem. And, and this isn't a drug. The Dia Rescue is actually a food for special dietary use. So it's in a separate category, and it actually works with the body 
to address the underlying issue without causing unwanted side effects. So there's nutrients and immune factors and different components that help to restore the, the normal intestinal function and to relieve that diarrhea. So if you're looking in the pharmacy, you'll find that in the digestive products section. It'll be near the Pedialyte and products like that. And they're just little packets in the box. You get these packets, you mix it with water. It's an easy-to-give um, solution uh, to, to get your child feeling better quicker. Okay, and that's important. We ultimately want them better quicker so they can get back to their regular routine at school and play dates. But something you said that everything that's in the pharmacy and over the counter is not for our younger patients, and including Pepto, right? I'm not trying to call them out, but I know a lot of adults will reach for that when we're having loose stools, if you will. But you're saying for kids, that's a no-no. Right, and, and the reason for that is that products like Pepto-Bismol and the generic equivalent, they contain an aspirin derivative, so that is not recommended for young children, so I would not give something like that. Uh, I actually would recommend having the Rescue on hand, given that if you have young children, they tend to get diarrhea. It may happen once in a season. It may happen a couple of times, depending. See, the, the ch- tough thing with children is they tend to put their hands in their mouth a lot, especially when they're little. You know, they're playing yes. with toys. If they're in preschool or daycare or they've just started school, you know, I know with my son, this was something, you know, I really tried to work with him to, to stop putting the hands in the mouth, but they do it. They're playing with toys. They're playing with other children. They're touching everything. Kids don't think to wash their hands, and before you know it, they are having a snack or eating something, and the hands are going in the mouth. And so that can be an easy way that these viruses get passed around. So if your child does get the diarrhea, again, there are remedies that you can uh, offer at home to keep them comfortable and get them feeling better quicker. So the Rescue is one thing. The Pedialyte I would recommend as well. And a bland diet, so having things like bananas, again, rice. There's the, um, the bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast, the brat diet that we've okay. you know, been popularly used for many decades. But there are times when you should see your child's doctor, the pediatrician, So if the child has severe symptoms and the symptoms do not get better, if there's blood in the vomit or the stool or if your child has a really high fever along with vomiting or diarrhea, then you want to get in touch with the doctor for sure. Okay. I want to bring up something that I have seen a few times along with the loose stools or the vomiting is the rash. Sometimes there are rashes that pop up on their little bodies, and, of course, so we want their skin looking clear and healthy. And when we see it, many parents are like, oh, no, what do we do? How do we know when it's something serious or something that many children deal with? Right, and, and that's a tricky one. You're, you're right. Children do get a lot of rashes, diaper rashes when they're in, in that stage of wearing diapers. They can often be caused by just the moist environment, the urine or the feces contact with the skin, and that can cause a bit of a rash. So it's always a good idea if you have a child that's still in diapers to try and allow them to have some time during the day where they're not in a diaper. So after they've had a, a feeding and you've changed, you know, changed them, maybe let them have some air time for that area. If there are rashes on other areas of the body, what you want to do is just put some cool compresses on the rash, a mild soap. You don't want to scrub it. 
Don't use hot water because often a hot water can make these rashes worse. If uh, the child is uncomfortable, you can use a little bit of an ointment. In fact, diaper cream, diaper ointment that contains zinc and other ingredients such as uh, calendula or vitamin E, coconut oil, those are really good ingredients that can help to soothe and protect the skin. And although diaper creams, you would think they're just meant for the diaper area, they can be used in other areas of the body to help soothe an irritating type rash. So those those are for the minor rashes, but if you find your child is getting a rash and it's spreading throughout their body, if it's getting very inflamed, if your child is younger than six months, or if your child has a high fever along with a rash, then you may want to see your doctor because it could indicate something more serious. Wow, great information. Listeners, you are tuned in to Let's Talk America Radio, an award-winning program putting the spotlight on topics and trending issues you want to know more about. And we're on with the one and only Sherry Darkos, and she uh, is an acclaimed pharmacist and also a health enthusiast, and here covering the topic of when to call the medical provider if you're that parent or caregiver. Before you leave, Sherry, of course, I have to bring up the cold. You know that is something that so many children see. It seems like at least 50 a year, most parents parents are to tell their story, you know, when is it time to say, hey, this is something serious, maybe it's allergies, you know, and often the symptoms for individuals not in the medical community like you, they seem to be similar. So we don't know if it's allergies or a cold. Help us out. Right, and, and those are um, situations where they, there are very similar symptoms with both allergies and colds. You get the congestion, the runny nose. The allergies, though, they will last longer than a typical cold lasts you know, around 7 to 10 days. But with allergies, if you notice there's persistent symptoms or if you notice uh, that the mucus, that the mucus coming out of the child's nose is colored, it's yellow, it's green, more likely that's a viral or a bacterial infection. But if it's just clear, runny nose, sneezing, it could just be allergies. So this time of year, again, we get into situations where kids are passing the bugs around, and so more than likely your child is going to come down with some type of a cold or flu during this season. So there are a few things you can do to help support their immune system for prevention, things like echinacea, very important, and and there are uh, formulas that are specifically designed for children. If your child does get sick, you can run a vaporizer in their room with maybe a little eucalyptus. That helps to clear congestion. You can give them honey for a cough or a sore throat. That's safe for children one and above, so that's a good option. And then if there's a lot of congestion and the vaporizer's not working, you can also try some saline nasal drops or saline nasal spray for older children. Those are good options. And also that homemade chicken soup uh, does a body good. There is a lot of um, uh, great nutrients in chicken soup. The vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients if you're cooking, uh, making a real chicken and soup with the bones in it. Uh, there's been some preliminary evidence showing that, indeed, that does help to speed healing. Okay, great information. Plus, my kids, if it's like other kids, love a good soup. And often, though, when they're not feeling well, it seems like the broth is more of an interest than the actual nutrients, Or although the broth may have some nutrients, Sherry, but, I mean, other than maybe the noodles itself, is it okay as long as they're drinking something? 
Yeah, for sure. You want to keep them hydrated with all of these conditions that we've talked about today, keeping your children hydrated, uh, encouraging. Because if they don't feel well, they may not think to to have a drink. So keep offering them fluids, water, and in the case of diarrhea and vomiting, the rehydration, the electrolyte solutions are really important. But warm broth for a cold or uh, a tea without caffeine is a good option as well. There are some herbal teas. Elderberry tea is something that you can offer uh, for, for young children and there's also elderberry liquid that you'll see in the pharmacy and that can help with symptoms and help to speed healing too awesome information you're keeping us healthy for this fall and winter season sherry where can our national listeners go for additional information on all of the great points you highlighted and maybe more so I posted a blog on my website on this topic. So if you go to my website, sherrytorkus.com, it's S-H-E-R-R-Y-T-O-R-K-O-S. If you go to sherrytorkus.com, click on my blog page, and you'll see a summary of what we talked about today and also links to some of my recommendations. So you can check that out, sherrytorkus.com, and uh, you can uh, find some great information there. Awesome. Always a pleasure to have you on LCA Radio. We have to have you back on, and we're hoping that the flu season will be minimum this year, huh? You have any guesses Fingers on that? Crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers we, crossed. We always hope for, for the best, right? We do. And I'd be remiss if I did not mention a really quick theory. I know we're in the fall right now. You know, in terms of influenza shots of vaccinations, do you have a recommendation when that should kick off? Well, usually the flu shot starts to become available in October, November. So I think it's an important discussion for everyone to have with their health care provider and determine if, if uh, it's the right thing for you to do this season. I love it. May we all have a healthy influenza-free season. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Dana. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.